The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. I can't believe I have to say this, but Palestinian people are not disposable. We are human beings, just like anyone else. What is true here is that every single one of them has not acknowledged the fact that Palestinians are dying in the tens of thousands, but will continue to say it is us who are not acknowledging humanity. Rashida will stand strong. Gentle ladies, time has expired. Movement is outrageous that my colleagues are blatantly, blatantly attempting to silence the only Palestinian American representative right here. Um, it's outrageous, but it's not surprising. And let me tell you, it's not surprising because this place is where 1,700 members of Congress, this elected body, enslaved black people. It's not surprising because they thought it was right. It's not surprising because this is a place where members continue you to claim that the insurrection on the Capitol just appeared to look like a normal tourist visit. It's not surprising because this is the place where our black and brown staff members repeatedly speak of experiencing racism and sexism, Islamophobia, get pushed off of elevators, xenophobia, and more right here in this workplace. A lot of videos of individuals who have been tearing down signs, many of these taking place in New York City, of Israelis presently being held hostage in Gaza. There have been some intense um, confrontations that have taken place there. Is the White House's view that these actions should be condemned, the pulling of the pulling down of them, or that that's a form of peaceful protest? Look, I, I haven't, I've sort of kind of seen the reporting here and there. I think it was from last week, There's right? Like 30 million videos that got around. No, I know. I hear you. Bit. I hear you. I'm just not going to, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going. Is that peaceful protest to pull that down or should you not be doing I'm just not going to go into uh, specifics on that particular thing. Can't get into any of the specifics regarding uh, people going down New York City streets and uh, pulling off the flyers. Israeli hostages. Something, something dramatic and very significant happened on October 7. Obviously, all the carnage the bloodshed, the audacious attack coming from Gaza, Hamas, just waltzing right in to those Israeli communities and slaughtering people, little babies even. Look at what it's exposed, though. I mean, it obviously exposes what their true intentions are, what their number one aim in life is, kill Jews. But look at the worldwide sentiment it's exposed since yesterday Israel remembered the one it was the one month anniversary of that atrocity and you have this you have those kinds of speeches going on in the House of Representatives here in the United States and you've got a White House spokesperson up there saying you know what I'm not really going to get into it whether or not it's right or wrong to rip apart 
these pictures of Israeli hostages being held in the dungeons underneath Gaza City. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. We are ready to roll. I even brought my notes with me this time. If you can, if you can uh, get to us daily at our Rumble channel, make sure that you give us the thumbs up or leave a comment. Get involved in the, uh, the conversation that's ongoing there each particular day, 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. Of course, you can go to our own website, uh, trumpetdaily.com. But at Rumble, just go to rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. And as I say, make sure that you leave us the thumbs up. Lots to get to on today's show. More and more commentary coming in. Uh, showing, proving what we've got right here in this magazine. Of course, it uh, predates this particular issue. The puppet master and uh, Biden, of course, being the puppet. There's a spectator article even that, that said this is like Obama's fourth term. I think we pointed that out the other day to take nothing away from, you know, Donald Trump's accomplishments during those four years. I mean, but you, you look back and you think it's amazing he was able to get anything done given what the shadow president was doing just down the road from the White House, weaponizing all of those agencies that he had spent two terms actually weaponizing. And now we just moved past the 15-year anniversary of Barack Obama being voted in as president back in uh, 2008. 15 years of Obama. Look at the damage that this has caused to the United States of America. Fundamental transformation. As I say, we'll get to that in just a little bit. We'll also talk some about the, uh, the off-year election cycle that happened last night. Some, uh, some bad news for Republicans in Virginia. Kind of a mixed bag of results, but, uh, but we'll get to that commentary or some commentary on that in just a moment as well. First though, this, the, the Hamas sympathizers, jihadists right in our midst, really. This is from the Jerusalem Post. The Post can now confirm based on verified photos of the bodies that the reports of babies being burnt and decapitated in Hamas's assault on Kfar Aza are correct. May their memory be a blessing. Little babies, decapitated. My father had a very sobering Key of David program on this subject not that long ago. He pointed to a, quite a few scriptures that are very sobering, that talk about great tribulation ahead. And little children, little children suffering. I mean, what we got on October 7 was a tiny preview of what's coming. That's, that's the truth of the Bible. It's, it's not a pleasant message. But is, it is, nevertheless, in scriptural passage after scriptural passage. This happened on October 7. And people like Tlaib and Omar, this is what they support, really. Obama, even. Obama says we're all complicit. Are we all complicit in this? Putting a little baby in an oven and then burning it to death? Well, if anyone's complicit... It's the dear leader for empowering Iran and Hamas and Hezbollah and the Muslim Brotherhood so that they could carry out an attack like October the 7th. It says here, the photos were shown to the U.S. Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, uh, during his visit to Israel Thursday. 
Later in the day, the photos were published by the Prime Minister's office uh, on Twitter. The photos are graphic and have a content warning covering them until a button-rending show is pressed. I mean, Israel's got to put these images out there because there's already October 7 deniers. There's already people like Tlaib, and at least, the, I mean, at least they censured her. But it should, it should be so much worse. And then there she is again, holding up her, her picture of Granny. I think they live in the, the West Bank. Milking that, just like she did under Trump's uh, uh, presidency. Milking that for everything that it's worth politically. It's good that, that, that she was censured. She shouldn't even be in Congress. She's calling for the annihilation of Israel, a sitting member of Congress? We've been infiltrated. America's under attack in more ways than one. We talk a lot about one primary attack headed up by Antiochus. Make sure you, if you don't have a copy as yet, that you request America under attack, the 800 number, one 930 3024. There's another article at the New York Post that goes into the Hamas leadership, three of them living in luxury in Qatar, a, a U.S. ally, supposedly. Hamas is, these three guys are worth $11 billion. And people like Tlaib want to talk to you about the suffering people of Gaza as if it's Israel's fault for defending itself. A totally unprovoked attack on October 7. As I say, something very dramatic and significant and sinister happened on October 7. Look at what we've seen all around the world. I think it was uh, Megyn Kelly who said recently that she, she can't even wrap her mind around how many anti-Semitic stories there are. She's in the media. She's on Twitter regularly like the rest of us that are in broadcasting and what you see i mean people just walking down streets and ripping these flyers off of uh, uh off of walls and poles and such i don't want anybody to, to to have their attention drawn to a jew that's held captive in gaza we want to show our support for hamas we want to just erase and blot out that history here's a reporter asking the spokesperson the french lady Asking her, what do you think about this? You know, people showing support for maybe Jewish relatives being held in captivity by these monsters, these savages. And think about all these Americans, quote unquote, that are just walking casually through the streets, ripping them apart to show their, their support. Think about the, the turnout for those uh, demonstrations in London. All of these pro-Palestinian people supporting Hamas, beating up police officers, and Rashid Tlaib cheering them on. As I say, at least she was uh, censured. The terror group's three top leaders alone are worth a staggering $11 billion between them and enjoy a life of luxury in the sanctuary of the Emirate of Qatar. Well, isn't that where they had the World Cup as well? I mean, this is, this is an up-and-coming nation in the Middle East, an ally of the United States, providing safe harbor for the masterminds, the Hamas leadership that planned 
October 7. There's a few sane voices left, not nearly enough. And a lot of ordinary Americans and, and, and British citizens that are quite stunned and shocked at these demonstrations. I mean, take, they tried to scale the fences in uh, Washington, D.C. At the, at the White House just last Saturday. Did you hear about that from Joe Scarborough? Yeah. Yeah, an insurrection. That's what we've been told, right? That's what these are, these kinds of demonstrations. It's an insurrection. Did you hear much about the 60-some-odd Jewish guy in, I think it was Los Angeles, one of the pro-Hamas demonstrators, I think he took a bullhorn to his head, and the guy died later, the Jew, the Jew died later of a brain hemorrhage. He was beaten to death by a pro-Hamas demonstrator in the United States, in Los Angeles. I remember the time when one person died at an incident in Charlottesville, and we heard about it. For, I think Joe Biden announced his campaign for president on that incident alone. Look at what's not covered. At least you've got a few more conservative Republicans in the House now. Mike Johnson, the new speaker, invited in some, some relatives of Israeli hostages. You know, the ones that the Hamas people want to strip off of the, the, the walls, the flyers. He invited them into Congress yesterday. This was a brother of a Jewish hostage held in the tunnels of Gaza, clip two. And this is a wake-up call, not only for Israel, not only for the Jewish community. This is a wake-up call for all of, you, all of you here, all of America, all of Europe. You are next. You are next. And we should do everything that we can to stop these atrocities. You're next, he says. They're coming, they're coming after the quote-unquote little Satan first. And then it's, on, then it's on to the big Satan. This is why, as I say, it, it's quite alarming for a lot of people living in the United States and Britain to see this level of support. Where was the, the tears of emotion? Where was the, the fiery rage? The, the fist-pounding rage on October 7th, or October 8th at least, maybe, from Tlaib? Did, she give, did Tlaib give a speech, or Omar, or Cori Bush? They didn't say anything, they went silent. It took Joe Biden, the fake president, 48 hours to say anything at all as he sat and waited. Now, okay, we're supposed to be pro-Palestinian in every respect, and here they've massacred these Jews. So what, what do we say? What's our position here? It took the dear leader even longer than that to say anything at all. And then more recently, he says, we're all complicit. And the occupation of Gaza has to end, as if there's been an occupation there. There hasn't, not since 2005. I mean, this is really some sick, demented, demonic stuff. As I say, October 7, 
We're only a, a month removed. Yesterday was the one-month anniversary. Look at what that atrocity revealed about a lot of people, even a lot of people in, in positions of great power and influence. We have a, an article at the Trumpet. I think it went out as a Trumpet brief last night. I mean, you talk about the attack from within and the level of destruction, as this book brings out, all that's happening right here in the United States. Well, Israel, little Israel in the, in the, in the Middle East, they're being attacked from within as well. That was a nation just months ago, bitterly, bitterly divided. And of course, Hamas sees that. Iran sees that. At the trumpet, Tim Ostendarp last night, growing signs of treachery in Israel was the Hamas attack a tactical surprise, or is something else afoot? While there isn't one definitive piece of evidence, other evidence is mounting that the attack was not only meticulously planned and coordinated, but also that elements within the Israeli intelligence community may have known about the attack before it happened and kept that knowledge from Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. I mean, Reuters tweeted that out. Netanyahu said, yeah, I think knowledge was kept from me. And then Reuters scrubs the tweet. Because, well, the, in, the, the, the hard left intel community in Israel, they don't want to look bad after, after an attack like that. So they begin to scrub the record. I talked about that yesterday with respect to censorship here in the United States. This is so common. Even the government gets involved. Law enforcement. Oh, the manifesto says that the, uh, the trans killer who went after Christian children, it makes the trans community look pretty bad. So we'll just cover it up. Just like the government and big tech did with anything, anything that was pro-Trump for the most part, anything that made the Biden crime family look bad in the lead up to the presidential election, 2020, in this article, uh, Tim Ostendorp, he, well, he quotes Carolyn Glick, who said it on this program. We had an interview with her on October uh, 13th, and she had a bit of uh, breaking news right here on the Trumpet Daily when I, when I was asking her, how did this, I mean, from a security standpoint alone, how does this happen? How do all these Hamas terrorists just waltz right through one of the most secure security fences in the world, if not the most? She said, and this is a direct quote, the entire senior echelon of the intelligence directorate were on vacation together. All of them, the whole group of them, they, they, they were on vacation, evidently. He quotes Mike Flynn, also a guest on this program back in uh, August, who, uh, who basically said, there had to have been some kind of <laughs> nefarious activity going on internally. Not that, not that these left-wing Israelis would wish this upon their own citizens, but there, there was some bitter struggling going on. And we've talked about that before, just going back to Netanyahu coming in and, uh, and vowing basically to, to just cut back the, the powers, the advances, that are there in the radical left, particularly in the judiciary. And he met a lot of resistance. You know what Barack Obama thinks about Bibi. He's an anti-Semite, Barack Obama. And he hates America. 
as well. We've covered that on uh, this program just this week. We'll continue to because more and more, as I say, October 7, very revealing, not just about Hamas's true, true intentions, but about how much sympathy they win, particularly from like the regime media, from academia, from the ruling class, from the radical left, uh, they enjoy a lot of support. I mean, as I gave you that quote yesterday, I believe it was, where in the media, you know, with the propaganda campaigns, uh, these are wars that Hamas actually can win. They may be outgunned when they go, you know, toe to toe with Israel in a fair fight, but they can win the propaganda war because they have so many allies, so many powerful allies right around the world. When we come back, we'll, ha we'll comment on uh, some of the elections that happened last night here in the United States and then also get to that spectator piece where, as I say, more and more people like this particular author now see that uh, he's the one running the show. Who's running the show? This was in, this was in the Trumpet magazine. What was it, September? Just a few months ago, we were talking about it as soon as the fake president was installed back in the early part of 2021. So lots more to get to on today's show. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at td@thetrumpet.com. We'll be, we'll be right back. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. One of our viewers on the Rumble chat just now, can you imagine what, the, what this world will look like within one year? We talked about the significance of October 7. Of course, we're one year out for the next presidential election cycle. But when you see the damage, when you see this demonic spirit, when you see these, 
these enemies at the gates of the United States, Great Britain, and little Israel in the Middle East, what will it be like a year from now? Last night we had the, uh, the off-year elections, I guess they're called, and uh, this was a big, I mean, this was a big hit for Glenn Youngkin, the, uh, the governor, who won his bid to be governor a year ago, largely because of Donald Trump. But then, after distancing himself from Donald Trump, the big donors in the Republican Party, oh, Murdoch over at Fox News, I mean, the Fox News coverage of Youngkin, he was so excited they were going to hold on to the House and then flip the Senate and he'd have total control. It would be a completely red state. Well, as it happens, they lost the House and they they couldn't flip the Senate. So now now the Democrats control the state legislature in the state of Virginia. And Youngkin, who was being pushed because DeSantis was a big flopperoo, so they were pushing Youngkin. Well, maybe he can beat Trump. All of these never-Trump rhino Republicans, many of the, the, the ruling class in that party, the billionaires, they put their money behind DeSantis, didn't work out so well, and now Youngkin pretty much falls flat on his face politically. I mean, his, his chances for being president practically ruined thanks to these Republican donors. Whose, whose only objective is to get Trump. They don't want Trump. I think there's a, I think there's a, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's another Republican uh, uh, debate going on tonight. And, and once again, I'll have to check and see if Sam even knew. The last one, he didn't even know about it. Because Trump's not in it. The elephant in the room, once again, is that the elephant won't be in the room. Donald Trump won't be there, and so no one will pay attention. No one will be listening. They, the talking heads would have you to believe. There's carryover even from the commentary from last year's election cycle. Remember, it was, it was supposed to be a much bigger red wave, and Trump, you see, Trump was the reason that it wasn't. So now the Republicans don't perform as well as they wanted to last night. But it's not because of Trump. It's because they're not getting behind Trump. That's right. That's what Glenn Youngkin should take away from this. Imagine, just, I don't want to get too political here, but just imagine Trump's popularity is 60% in his party. And so, as I say, he's at the debate, no one pays attention. But with 60%, and everyone, everyone else languishing in single digits. Imagine what the Republican Party would be like, just for a moment, if Trump had helpers, if there was unity rallying in support of Donald Trump. I mean, when there is some Trump-like courage, look at Matt Gates, for example, just a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, he has that motion to vacate. It basically ends McCarthy's reign short-lived at that, as speaker. And the Republican talking heads all across media, Mark Levin, Fox News, Newt Gingrich, I mean, they were going on and on as if this was the end of the Republican Party. We lost McCarthy. We have no leadership. We can't govern. Okay, and they wrangled for a few weeks, and then you end up with a guy that's a pretty big upgrade over McCarthy. 
and life goes on. And now they're back to spending money. You know my position. You know Sam's position. We were hoping there wouldn't be a speaker for a long time. (laughs) They control the purse, the purse strings, those uh, representatives in the House. It's kind of nice when they're not just spending money all the time. But at least Mike Johnson gets in there and says, all right, aid to Israel, but, you know, we're going to take it away from the IRS. We can't just keep borrowing. Well, that's refreshing. That's a new speaker. That's, that's quite a lot more conservative than the rhino McCarthy is. That's an upgrade. In case you didn't know it, Fox News, that's an upgrade. The Atlantic on last night's elections. Democrats yesterday continued to perform better at the polls than in the polls. This is what, again, makes you a little bit wary about next year, even though Trump is far and away leading. Because what Obama taught us back in 2012 is that this was respecting Ohio. If you control the machines, that gives you some some power. And there's a lot of districts in the United States where radical leftists control the machines. They control the equipment. Look at what happened in in Pennsylvania yesterday. Yeah, they were going in. I guess it was to see if one guy on the Supreme Court was to continue or if another one was to be taken off or or maybe both. I, I forget. But anyway, voters noticed that they were going in and then they got the printout receipt of how they voted. And it was just the opposite for these two Supreme Court candidates. There was a problem with the machines. Maybe, maybe Mike Lindell is not so kooky after all. How about that? This is from uh, Sam's interview. He, he sat down with David Clements. We, we saw him, by the way, at that Mike Lindell event uh, some time ago this past summer. But uh, Sam interviewed him um, in early October. I think it was October 5th. Listen to this, clip eight. They are designed to facilitate fraud. No one makes a device or a piece of equipment this prone to manipulation. And look no further than what happened in uh, Maricopa during the last election. The products are defective. So even, you know, when you've got rejection rates of ballots that exceed 50%, you tell me if that product's working. Happens all the time. Except 2020. That, that was perfect. The machines, they worked flawlessly. This is from Just the News. Voting machines in Pennsylvania counting are flipping votes for elections regarding whether two state appeals court judges should be retained. Tuesday is election day in Pennsylvania for judicial positions and county, local, and municipal offices. However, county officials said that electronic voting machines are flipping votes in Northampton County. Flipping votes. Is it possible that machines can do this? It says here it appears when a voter selects yes or a no for one of the candidates for retention on the Pennsylvania Superior Court, the selection is recorded on the paper ballot and on the machine for the other candidate. <laughs> well, I could go on. This is from America Under Attack, this book that I keep plugging. There it is again. Take a look. It says here, my father writes, Mike Lindell is another of the few people who have been going after Barack Obama and those machines from the beginning. Far too, are, far too few are listening to him and the evidence that he's presented. But from the beginning, he said that if you don't get rid of the machines Democrats used 
to steal the 2020 election, then you won't win another election. There's going to be a lot to observe next year. Going back to that comment at the Rumble chat, what about this next year? What's going to happen or unfold in the next 12 months? We know what God says about bringing Jeroboam back somehow, some way. But how can you be sure that it's even through an election process if it does go on into November of next year? When you control the machines, when you've got an Antiochus figure that's been in power for 15 years, and when he's controlling, when he's pushing the buttons over at Homeland Security, over at CISA, over at the FBI and the DOJ, I mean, these are, and of course, big tech, social media, Google, all of them. There's so much money just, just flowing into D.C. No wonder they don't want, whether you're Republican or Democrat, no wonder they don't want the, the great disruptor to come along and to say, look, I'm going to shake things up. I'm going to clean house. That's why Republicans are more united about fighting against Trump than they are about supporting him, even if it means losing the, the voter turnout yesterday was terrible in a lot of Republican districts. It shows you what happens. When, when you distance yourself from Donald Trump, then you lose. That's what happens. That's the lesson. That's not the lesson they're going to tell you on Morning Joe, or sorry, Meltdown Joe. But that is the lesson. As I say, just looking at the popularity figures and then just the dynamic personality of a man who's really never been in politics until he came down the escalator in 2015. Imagine if the, the, the ordinary citizens have rallied their support around Donald Trump, but he just can't get that support from anyone in the ruling class among the Republican elite. They, okay, maybe DeSantis, maybe ruining his political career, uh, we can just brush that aside. But now, here comes Yunkin. Glenn Youngkin is sure to beat Donald Trump. And then last night happens. National Review. Yet another disappointing election night for Republicans. Fox News. GOP hopes crushed as Republicans suffer loss after loss in bellwether election. Fox News had studio reps in Virginia just a couple days ago. And then they're on Fox this morning, the morning people saying this was an absolute, total disaster for, for, for Glenn Youngkin. I mean, they dropped him like a bad habit. Politico, New Jersey Democrats notch big legislative wins. Newsweek, Joe Biden declares MAGA lost. National Review, Republicans narrowly avoid extinction in Philadelphia. The Guardian, Democrats gain control of Virginia state legislature in blow to Republican plans without Trump and you can add to that without control of the machines this is the kind of thing that uh, that we're getting used to listen to what Trump said when he declared his candidacy for 2024 clip 7 we will do whatever it takes to bring back honesty confidence and trust in our elections To eliminate cheating, I will immediately demand voter ID, same-day voting, and only paper ballots. 
only paper ballots. Uh, the, the question is, politically speaking, you know, how do you break through? How do you break through the mass cheating? You know, have you heard they're talking a lot more about uh, cheating during elections? I spoke about that last week on, uh, on this program, what's happening in Connecticut, in New Jersey, I think Massachusetts. Democrats caught on video, if you can believe it. The commentary this time around, it goes on and on as if 2,000 mules doesn't exist. Dinesh D'Souza's uh, uh, documentary. They didn't really even talk about that much on, uh, on Fox back when it happened, back when Tucker was there. Listen to this from Jesse Waters last night, clip four, or three, sorry. It's election day in an off year. But there's a lot of action on the local level, plus it gives them a dry run when no one's watching for the presidential. Are you confident the election is going to be safe and secure? I'm confident that it's going to be that way in Florida because they have voter ID, no harvesting. They count the votes ahead of time and they give you the results that night. But we need confidence in every state or else we lose faith. When there's fraud, and yes, there will be voter fraud, it needs to be investigated, invalidated, and prosecuted. Was it investigated, invalidated, and prosecuted after 2020 when Trump's attorneys brought reams of evidence, affidavits, when you had all those glitches with the machines? Anybody punished? There will be fraud, he says. He's right. He's right. And there was fraud in 2020. Couldn't talk about it then because that involved the disruptor. And we've got to get the bad orange man out of office no matter what. Jesse went on to give a few examples. Some of them we discussed on this show last week. Listen to this one, clip four. And then there's Bridgeport, Connecticut. A judge just overturned a primary election because two women were seen on surveillance allegedly stuffing absentee ballots in drop boxes across the city. One of those women is Wanda Getterpataki, a.k.a. Wanda the Stuffer. We ran a background on Wanda. She's been breaking the law since the 80s. Charges of drug possession, assault, vandalism, resisting arrest, parole violations galore. Wanda is a Democratic operative who's been working to get out the vote in Connecticut for years. The state's investigating her in a separate voter fraud case from 2019. She's accused of doing the same thing for the same candidate four years ago. And in the same year she got caught stuffing, Connecticut gave Wanda an award for ballot harvesting, ballot harvester of the year. Here she is at the AstroTurf Club for the Women's Leadership Awards brunch. Yum, yum, yum. Help me, Wanda. And she's doing it again. And it's on camera. Again and again. Why? Well, because they're rewarded for cheating. So why not? Every single election cycle. I mean, she, she gets promoted, this woman. And she's caught on video. She should be in jail. But she should be in jail filling the space that grandma's in who was in the, uh, the Capitol on January 6th. But let that, let that go. Wanda the serial cheater, on, on video even. My father, this is in the Ready for War 
issue from uh, back at the start of this year. He says, I believe that rather than giving the Republicans big victories, God is waking them up to the fact that the machines are corrupted. Something will have to, there's lots more corruption as well, as you just saw with that case regarding Wanda. That's not even machines. That's just stuffing ballot boxes with fake ballots. It says something will have to jolt them to see this reality. This is war. There is a war for control of America. At the heart of it are the voting machines. That's my father back in the January issue. Ready for war. That's what more and more people in the Republican Party, especially, need to wake up and see. I mentioned this article. It's from the American Spectator, the one talking about Obama pulling the strings. He's the puppet master. Before I get to that, this is Don Serber at Substack. He's talking about, again, Obama's signature foreign policy to empower Iran, and we're seeing the results of it now. He, we're not complicit, but he is. He certainly is. As I said on yesterday's show, Obama pretends to stay above the fray, but his minions do his dirty work. Obama is an anti-Semite. This is at Substack. He is stoking the worst in Americans and people around the world. He's stoking a lot of what you're seeing that's, that's been so disturbing since October 7. The dear leader. Anti-Semite, anti-American. It says, Obama said all of us are complicit. How so? Palestinians attacked civilians on October 7. There was no provocation. There were no military targets. The attacks that left more than a thousand people slaughtered. And then further on he says, but it's worse than that. Obama did not bungle. He meant to do this. He meant to empower our enemies because yes, he hates America. Fundamental transformation, 15 years in power, four of them as a shadow government, the shadow president, and then three of them almost as the puppet master, guiding affairs from the basement, just as he said he wanted to do. He's followed through. This article at The Spectator, it says here that that even nearly seven years after leaving office, Barack Obama remains the true power behind the throne in America. This is the spectator piece I mentioned at the start of the show. But for the risk of unnecessarily offending Trump supporters, I would call this the fourth term of the Obama presidency. It's clearly at least the third. And if you credit the shadow deep state government that existed to sabotage Donald Trump throughout his four years in the White House, you're looking at more than 15 years of Obama overtly or covertly existing as the most consequential political figure in America. It says, does Obama, the power behind the throne, care? Does he care about America being destroyed? No, he vowed to do it from the beginning. He's the, he's the puppet master. He's the one pulling the strings. There was a piece at Politico uh, you know all about the, the cratering <laughs> poll numbers for the fake president, Joe Biden. He's just unpopular in every respect. And Politico, Politico's left wing, they came out and fact-checked 
uh, Joe Biden and actually pointed out all the times he's lied regarding his, his business dealings with Hunter and the, the crime family. If, if you're losing Politico, I mean, that's, that's pretty serious. As I say, what will happen these next 12 months? It's going to be, it's definitely going to be worth paying attention to. Watch, as Jesus told us, watch and pray always. Luke 21, read those passages, the Olivet Prophecy in Matthew 24. Read what Christ said the world would be like in the lead up to his return to this earth. But coming back to the fake president, I mean, Obama is the the perfect puppet master. And if Joe Biden is anything, he is the perfect puppet. He's been fake from the beginning. Newsbusters pulled up this segment from, from 1988. This, this report here is 35 years old, and it's about Joe Biden. Listen to clip five. Democratic presidential candidate Joseph Biden today faces a controversy. Three weeks ago at a debate at the Iowa State Fair, he used phrases identical to those delivered by British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock. Biden seemed to be claiming Kinnock's vision and life as his own. Why is it that my wife is sitting out there in the audience? is the first in her family to ever go to college. Why is Gladys the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get the university? My ancestors who worked in the coal mines in northeast Pennsylvania don't come up after 12 hours and play football. Eight hours underground and then come up and play football. It's because they didn't have a platform upon which to stand. There was no platform upon which they could stand. The notion that every thought or notion or idea you'd have to go back and find and attribute to someone, I think is, quite frankly, uh, ludicrous. The problem here is that Senator Biden told his audience he'd just been thinking about these things, and he failed to give any credit at all to his famous British speechwriter. You know, I was thinking on the way over here. (laughs) Now, that's a little too much, because, as you point out, what's behind the words? What's there? And a lot of people, a rap on Biden has always been that it's just the surface. I should have said... To paraphrase Neil Kinnock, it's the only time I didn't in all the times I've ever used it. But CBS News found a tape of a second instance. It reappeared in the New York Times with a new charge, that Biden had appropriated a famous litany from the late Robert Kennedy about what the gross national product cannot measure. It cannot measure the health of our children. The health of our children. The quality of our education. The quality of their education. The joy of their play for the joy of their play. Biden gave Kennedy no credit. He has also quoted or paraphrased John Kennedy, Hubert Humphrey, and British Labor Party leader Neil Kinnock, all without credit. Joseph Biden admitted today that he committed plagiarism when he was in law school. He said it was a mistake, but that it was unintentional. He quoted five pages of someone else's work without proper citation. I've done some dumb things, and I'll do dumb things again. He was given an F. So ladies and gentlemen, I've been dumb. To the political community in Washington, it all seems of a piece. Plagiarism at law school, plagiarism on the stump. The great communicator, strike that. The great imitator. You don't steal verbatim, uh, or when you do, as he did 99% of the time, you give credit. Biden's critics say he sells himself as a man whose words and visions can inspire a new generation in politics. But if the thoughts, phrases, and visions really belong to others, 
It's a form of false advertising. Is it a wise idea, though, to take something that personal, anyway, from another politician and try and appropriate it to your own campaign? I think it was a stupid thing to uh, appropriate uh, material that was really very personal that was someone else's. Most people didn't know who he was. You know, Joe Biden, Biden, and now they're going to say, oh, yeah, he's the guy who plagiarized. That's a lot of people. First. Politically, that's devastating. These clips are devastating. He looks like a Joe Biden wind-up doll with somebody else's words coming out. If they're going to do things that are stupid as well as immoral, then they're probably too dumb to have the job of president. Wow. Too dumb to have the job of president. And now, here we are, 35 years later. And there he is, the same guy, total fraud, and they all knew it. They all knew it 35 years ago, and nothing has changed. He's still a fraud. He's, his family is fraudulent, lying in their pockets with money coming from America's adversaries, money that they get in return for favors, secrets, state secrets, you name it. A fraud... How revealing is that report, by the way, in more ways than one? I mean, what does it tell you about the regime media today? All the talking heads, they knew. They knew he was a fake. They knew he was a liar. They knew he was a plagiarist. There's nothing unintentional about copying five pages from another source. But here he is today. You know what else that that segment reveals? The, the widespread corruption, particularly in government, in the ruling class, I mean, it, it predates the arrival of Antiochus in 2009. It, it predates 15 years ago, let's just say that. And by the way, another takeaway from that segment, look at how serious it was 35 years ago, at least more serious. I mean, he still retained his job he still was a senator, so they didn't run him out of office. He didn't get voted as president two or three times, maybe because of that. But, but look at how the commentary treated the subject of dishonesty and lying as a serious offense. Not so today. People lie with impunity and nothing happens. They cheat and they continue to cheat because they get away with it. How far removed are we from the stability of law and order? How far removed are we from the stability of Bible morality? Listen to one more bit from that segment 35 years ago, clip six. Senator Joseph Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, 
and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very going to be very difficult for him to recover. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? I think so. Bob? It's in terminal condition. Terminal. Eleanor? Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. Morton? <laughs> Dying. I say dead. I say a lot has changed in 35 years. He didn't exactly die. He, 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 it didn't ruin his career, did it? You look at the course of his career. Ever since, I mean, he's just continued. I mean, he was promoted as vice president back in 2009. Then he becomes the fake president. A total fraud from the beginning. But just one final point to make here, going back to that spectator piece, or the one I quoted from Substack. He is, Joe Biden I mean, he is the perfect puppet for the Antiochus because he's a complete fraud. You can make him whatever you want him to be. All those credentials at college, this, three degrees. Oh, actually, I didn't get three degrees. Uh, But it was unintentional when I said that. I just didn't mean to. The lies. How can you believe anything he says? What about him is actual, you know, substance or truth? How can you know? For someone who's been lying this long, 35 years, all throughout his career as a career politician, in Washington, D.C., where, oh, by the way, he's made hundreds of millions of dollars. America Under Attack is the must-read book for your library. The 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. Don't forget to give us the thumbs up if you're at Rumble right now. We've got one of the bigger audiences we've had at Rumble. Thumbs up! Thumbs away! You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We thank you for joining us on today's show, and we will definitely, definitely see you tomorrow. <laughs>